Once you have a brand that everyone loves, that's the real winning formula. It's more long-term. If we charge high fees now, we'd make more profit now, but our vision is rather get everyone onto high pay, build a great brand. Ladies and gentlemen, wake up. Welcome to Wake Up With Focus, your home to learn all things digital, marketing, content, branding, and business development, finding out what's gold and what's old in the world of digitalization, hear from industry leaders, and discover how to market to those who matter most to your business. With your host, founder of Focus Recruitment and Focus Media, Belinda Agnew. Welcome back to another episode. We are super excited. It's episode two of Wake Up With Focus. For today's episode, we are joined by high pay CEO, none other than David Price. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, high pay is growing faster than Afterpay. Uh, they were just launched in October. So what is high pay for the listeners listening? Who is high pay, David? Hi, Belinda. <laughs> thanks very much for having me. Uh, so, Harpay is just uh, quite a simple business idea. We allow companies to pay for their recruitment invoices in four installments, so one installment a month. And that really changes um, everything for employers. So, many employers just can't afford recruiters. Um, the main reason being for cash flow reasons, they don't have that 15 or 20,000 sitting in their bank accounts to pay the recruiter straight away. So HighPay allows you to spread that into four equal installments. And that allows companies to use better recruiters that allows them to get better staff and uh, grow their business better. So it is quite a game changer for small to medium companies. Mm -hmm. And it's also a game changer for recruiters. So they're now able to market themselves to those 85% of the market that are trying to recruit just using job boards and LinkedIn and, and trying to do it themselves mm -hmm. because they just don't have that money for a recruiter. And then they end up with, uh, uh, you know, bad results, a poor candidate hire because mm -hmm. uh, recruiters do, at the end of the day, find you better candidates by far than you can yourself. So they are worth paying for. And we make it possible for employers to be able to afford the recruiters that they want to use. So that's a little snippet of high pay. Uh, let's go a little bit personal. Who was David Price pre-high pay? So how did this all come about for you and who were you before high pay? Who was David? Where were you? Um, I'm not sure exactly where to start like in the story. So <laughs> Start in the uh, career. So for the, begin for the yeah. beginning stages, um, we can talk about what you were doing up until you founded High Pay or started High Pay and why recruitment, like why not something else like in consumer world, like zip pay and after pay, why did you pick recruitment? Sure. So um, uh, my career has been quite varied. I've been involved in quite a few different startups. I had quite a successful startup in social media just before High Pay. Um and various other startups, mainly in the tech space, I've also worked a bit in, in finance and um, management consulting as well. So um, there's a few different um, broad areas that I've been involved in. So I, what I noticed um, with a high pay that was happening, firstly, um, in Australia, the buy now pay, pay later sector has been doing so well. You, you couldn't have missed it. You walk through Westfield and you see after pay ends up all over the place as well as the others. And I'm actually related to uh, the founder of, of Zip. So I started watching that story um, from the beginning. And um, when running a small company, startups like I've run, I saw the major impacts that cash flows have and that recruitment was so expensive. So the idea just came to me that um, businesses want to spread the expenses just as much as individuals even more so so when when you're an individual your salary is pretty much the same every month so uh, it's predictable and you know what money you're going to have and uh, you know and and when you're going to be short etc as a company it's quite different you're especially a, a young company your cash inflows and outflows are a bit unpredictable and and so you have to you have to be a bit more cautious and and defensive with your cash flows as a company because you're not sure if you're going to have what you need the next month. So I, I saw a big need for companies to also have a, a pay in for kind of service and spread it. And then when I was thinking, what 
what invoice would you really like to pay for? Which is the one that's really going to cause your problems? And so your big expenses are legal and recruitment, really. Those are the big lumpy ones that companies need to spread. And um, the problem with legal is a lot of people uh, don't pay their lawyers bills when, when they don't get the result that they want. Recruitment is much more attractive because companies that are using recruiters are growing. They're hiring employees, so they're, they're healthy and they'll pay their bills. So that seemed like the more natural first area to go into. So that's from the commercial point of view. Mm -hmm. And then from um, sort of the more um, visionary, uh, what I wanted to achieve point of view, going into recruitment helps, helps companies hire the staff they want. That makes a better a difference to those actual people getting hired to the companies, the companies get to grow better. And so that's, um, that's actually fulfilling a social good. It's helping the, those companies, the economy, really helping everyone else. So it's, um, it gives the company a vision with a positive purpose as opposed to just commercial. So it's both been, um, good. It's both a good commercial enterprise with a good social, uh, angle to it. Wow. And would you say, uh, you would obviously have some type of entrepreneurial flair coming into this, you know, coming yeah. from a consultant background and then doing the social thing. Um, when did you come up with the idea to execution? So you raised a bit of money to execute high pay to start it. Uh, how long was the cycle until you actually launched high pay, which was October, but when did the idea come? How long did it take yeah. to launch? Yeah, so I've, I've always been entrepreneurial. Uh, so I have, I know how to start a business up and get funding. So compared to a new entrepreneur, I think the cycle would have probably been a bit shorter. So I have contacts mm -hmm. in the industry and things like that. I've had businesses acquired. So there's people in the industry that believe in me. So I think the cycle is a bit shorter, but it still did take quite a bit of time. So from coming up with the original idea to putting everything together, um, to get ready to raise funds took about eight months. So the difference with high pay okay. and other businesses is um, we need money to lend out. We have to actually pay the recruiters and then the employer pays us back. So we needed to even get started quite a lot of money. We couldn't even start without, um, you know, in excess of a million dollars in capital. So mm -hmm. we had to raise funds very early before we could actually start running the business and uh that i think you to be honest as a young entrepreneur without industry context this would be a difficult industry to get into mm -hmm. and i know as i know uh, the founder of zip i know he it took him much longer to raise funds driving all around asking for funds to get zip started we're lucky that now everyone's seen afterpay and zip succeed so that we they know the buy now pay later model works so mm. We got that credibility that helped us. And then we were able to raise our first round of funding, which was 1.35 million um, quite easily. It just took a few weeks to raise. And then the business um, just immediately started doing very well. We had a million dollars in sales uh, within our first month. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's growing. Yeah. Yeah, the business yes. is the business is growing, as you said, faster than Afterpay. So mm -hmm. I think there's just a huge demand for for what we're doing. So we've done as many transaction uh, transactions in terms of dollar amounts um, in nine months. We did. We're now eleven months old. As it took Afterpay twenty five months to get to that level. So the the speed of, speed of growth is yeah pretty aggressive. Well yeah. done. Thank I think Jonty uh, mentioned recently on Instagram yesterday. He said we're actually on record to do our biggest month this month. I don't we, know how true yeah, that is we're, on a podcast. But yeah, we're 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 close to breaking our record. I mean, today's the last day of the month. That's um, true. So we've done. Uh, we've done over 2 million this month and we're just waiting for one transaction. We just, we don't know if it's actually going to go through today or later this week, which it kind yeah. of makes a deal 
if you if you're measuring by month by month but in the bigger picture of the business it, 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 yeah. i guess it doesn't matter that much if it's a few it's days going late. Up, it's going yeah. fast enough today so i think that's all that matters right yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that, that's kind of enough to be happy with i think at this stage, <laughs> absolutely yeah. um so you told us about who david was a little bit and you always had an entrepreneurial flair to go into this type of space you were pretty easy at getting uh funding behind you and people believing in what you do and where you go with whatever you touch which is great Right. So what was the driving factor? I mean, because I kind of want to take it a little bit back. Obviously, you you mentioned recruitment. Uh, you've seen the market for that uh, better than going into law or, or that kind of Legal space. Piece, yeah. Legal, sorry. Um, tell us about the driving factor, though. Like what drove you to where you are now? I mean, there must have been some type of driving factor i mean it could be family it could be the purpose it could be the why why do you wake up every day doing what david does and and at the speed that you're doing it sure so i uh, i mean now we have a team so i really don't want to take credit for the progress of the business of so we've got um i think we've I actually lost count because we started to hire so many people we were on quite a hiring spree but we have i think we have 12 people in sydney now uh, one in Melbourne, we got staff in in the US, South Africa now as well, and the UK. So it's we're we're going global quickly. Um, but w- what has driven me to really build high pay? So I would say the the main thing is um, I think you can relate to this a little bit. Um, I think it's in my personality to be my own boss. So I, I think I see that in, in you as well. So mm-hmm. that, that's one thing. Uh, and then it's also, I think I have a creative spirit. So those two things together, I've always wanted to do my own thing and build something myself using my creativity. So I've tried various, that's why I've been an entrepreneur. I've tried various things and, um, you know, luckily quite a few have succeeded. Some have failed. That's, that's natural life. for entrepreneurs. Yeah, that's life. Um, What's driven me particularly with high pay is um, what I outlined earlier. It's a combination of a good commercial business. So some of the, one of the companies or organizations I launched earlier in, in my career was not-for-profit. So I ran that for a while. And the thing with not-for-profit, you do feel good about what, what you're doing, but especially if you're, you know, you get to see the people that you're helping but you always have your hand out asking for money constantly. Um, so, um, and when I launched the social media business as well, that those take years before they make any money. So again, it was just running around asking everyone for money, showing we're growing, we can't make any money anytime soon, but please, you know, believe in our vision and support us. Mm. With high pay, um, I think I've grown up a little bit and said like, we need a business that makes money from day one. So, um, but at the same time achieves a good for everyone that it's touching. So Harpay, as I said, is it's helping the recruiters do more sales. It's helping the companies employ better staff and it's helping those, um, employees find the, the right company to work for. So it is really achieving a good, um, we able to, because we do a lot of transactions, we don't charge any particular employer very much the fees are very small so for all that good we're not charging a lot but um we get to make enough for ourselves they get all the benefits so it's achieving a a great social good um and it's um commercially successful so for that reason it's a very exciting business to be involved with and i guess a lot of it's momentum once a business sort of really takes off and we've been growing so fast um you know, you, you just get caught up in an excitement, excitement and momentum and you start hiring good people around you and, and that excitement often takes the business forward. I think what happens a lot in tr- entrepreneurial journeys, um, like what, what I don't like a little bit in entrepreneurial culture is um, there's a little bit of a religion of grinding. People think their lives have to be terrible and have to work all the time and grind and grind. Um, and hustle, I think, hustle. yeah, grind and hustle. And I think that's sort of, obviously there are positives to that, but, um, I think, um, there's a, a cultures developed in the startup scene of people 
working on things that don't work because they think they just have to grind harder and they put the blame on themselves. Grind harder, it's supposed to be terrible. I don't want to use necessarily the language that Gary V uses, but he's like, eat, you know, expletive of every day is my job. Of you, course, yeah. You know, that's what he says. Like, yeah, he's and, so, it's, uh, that's you know, his religion, it's and, like hustle. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think... I don't think, firstly, that's not for everyone, um, but secondly, that's also giving the message that um, to certain people that if if things are not working, you've just got to work harder. Some things just don't work. You can be the smartest person in the world. You just can't work out. Certain things can't be worked out and they can't be worked through. So there needs to be a combination of um, ha- having insights and having the right people around you to work hard what you have to work hard when it's working still mm-hmm. to make it a success but it has to be working but when you do can't... you know that it's working this, this is this is yeah. the problem that people yeah. suffer from it's like when do i actually know when to stop yeah so i mean that's that's difficult to answer as a as a blanket it you know is. and so i don't want yeah. to discourage people um from from their dreams but um and the things that they're working on but you have to have you have to have pe- people say they actually want what you're doing in one way or another. Sometimes you have an idea and there's actually no need. So you have to, there has to actually be a need and there has to be some people uptaking your vision, some positive indication that it is working. So it might not be working enough, but mm-hmm. you have to have enough, at least a few cases of it clearly working, not pretending to yourself, if I tweak this and tweak that, and keep tweaking, it's eventually going to work. There has to be some indications it's actually happening. And then to scale it and broaden it and make it better, that's that's where the work comes in. But if it's not actually clicking at all, um, there might just not be a need for what you're doing. And I, I think the adult thing then is to accept that and, uh, you know, maybe pivot, maybe focus on something else. But you have to... You have to be, um, yeah, I think that that little bit of maturity and a different perspective needs to be brought into the startup scene of not everything can just be pivoted past and, you know, ground through. It's um, some things, some things just don't work and it's not the entrepreneur's fault and you don't want them to waste time and years focusing on, on the wrong business. It's better to fail fast and go into Something, yeah, I agree. You know where you can succeed, and I think, um, I mean, Gary, not to like you know call him out here as well, but he does talk about hustle, 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 grind, 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 sell, 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 do, do, yeah. do. That's what he's yeah. all about. But he also talks about having a balance. He hustles from seven a.m. till about midnight, I believe. Or Where's 11. the balance in that? And then weekends, yeah. he's yeah. tapped out. Saturday, Sundays, he's completely out, but he doesn't show that. He doesn't talk about that. He doesn't film his and weekends. And that's why yeah, people he's think that family. he's hustle, yeah. hustle all the yeah. time, but he's not. He has a private life. He never shows his wife and his kids. So I think a lot of people base it on what people see or what you show them. Yeah. You know, but it's, um, it's, but there no, is I'm definitely not, a balance. I'm not trying to pin it all on him, but. No, um, people do talk about that. I see it all the time. Yeah. You, you just, if, if you, if you're in the, if you're in the startup scene, which, which I'm not so much anymore, but I, I've seen quite a lot of it. Um, people, um, there's a lot of mental health issues and depression from overworking in the startup scene more than the normal work world. So we've started to hire a lot of people now and our founders all think uh, they have a real startup mentality, which means that, you know, it's always work time. But some of our new staff like are clocking off at like 5.30 and 6 because they come from, you know, normal work mentality, which I think um, you need a bit of that as well. Like and how it's not just five days a week is all work and then the weekend uh, is completely I don't even think that's balanced like by the time if you work seven to 12 every day for five days a week I mean you, you'll just line all weekend because you'll be burnt out within within a year I think it's, I think everybody's yeah. different as well sure. 
I mean, for me, I don't, I don't hustle that hard as I used to. I mean, I used to hustle a lot, like 24-7. I think most stages I used to wake up in the yeah. middle of the night and check my phone. But I don't do that now. I have a balance. Um, yeah, but I think it, whatever works for you, do. You sure. know, I don't think you need to follow it. There's no rule book to what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. Do you agree? Is yeah, look, I, th- I think there's exceptions to every rule, but I think um, there's uh, all I was saying is this the mentality of it has to be terrible and you have to grind, um, you know, is put out there and there needs to be sort of a balancing view that people are, are, are taught that um, you do have to work hard, exceptionally hard to get a startup to succeed. So a startup is like a baby mm. and it needs care before it can sort of look after itself. And the founders are the parents, so they have to do that work in in growing up the business. And anyone that's been a parent knows the beginning stage is a lot of hard work and a lack of sleep. But um, how startup is different to a baby in is that it's it's not always clear if it's going to be okay, you know, in in the startup. I guess maybe some parents will say it's not always clear <laughs> if things are going to be okay with their child, but. Um, yeah, for 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 an actual family with a child, the there's almost you know there's natural instinct about how to parent. With with a startup, you're being guarded by the community, mm-hmm. and I think there's some unhealthy messages in in the community that I just wanted to counteract somewhat. So I'm not saying people shouldn't work hard, but they should just have try and have so much uh, somewhat of a balanced perspective yeah. of. Um, when, you know, how hard to work, um, when to balance it and when to, to some degree, um, go to a plan B or try something else because, um, you can't just really push through everything. So I've been involved in startups where you're, you're working super hard. You, 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 I've worked, I've been in startups where I've worked and thought much harder about the business than, than high pay. And it's been much less successful because it's just, strange. it wasn't, you know, because it's like you can be the, you know, it's the yeah. jockey and the horse analogy, right? Like, so yeah. the, uh, you can be the best jockey in the world. Like, if the horse is not the right horse, not going to win the race. Like, you can't win the race with the best jockey. You have to have the horse is actually more important. So, I've actually seen CEOs that are very successful of startups that, really don't know what they're doing like they've gotten very lucky so it's a terrible jockey on a great horse i've seen and the horse you know they're basically falling off the horse and the horse is just pulling them over the starting line (laughs) over the finish line and um you know so i think um that's not talked about enough as well like uh, Mm. startups they're successful all the founders get all the credit sometimes they just had the right idea at the right time Mm. sometimes you're the right founder but the right the wrong horse the wrong business is nothing you can do I think people need to understand that. And if you keep trying and keep trying different ideas and you build your skill set, um, then I think eventually you'll you'll find the right the right horse, the right startup, and, yeah. and it will take you to where you want to be. So I think it's a combination of trying and grinding also means sometimes trying a different business idea, I guess is the bottom line when trying to say you need taste you need, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you need you need to hit on something that's actually working somewhat and then work really hard at that. Mm, that makes yeah. sense. So yeah, taste a lot, do a lot, and then trial and error. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I think I think that's a <laughs> something I like think that. That's a good way to put it. Um, and can we just go back into the high pay because I feel as though we haven't really touched a lot on that. You know, I love the concept, and I'm actually involved with high pay. I, I love what you guys are doing, truly, and you guys will do much more in the future. So, where do you see this assisting, and how much do you see it assisting recruitment agencies or, or hiring managers when hiring? Uh, I know right now, I don't want to mention it too much, but we're in a, an uncertainty time in a pandemic and a lot of recruitment agencies are going bust because they just don't yeah. have cash flow or sure. they don't know where to turn to. Companies are pulling back. They don't want to hire or they do want to hire, but they can't afford recruitment agencies. So high pay is just on the money right now. It's just the right time to use high pay. There are other companies out there, which I won't mention, um, that are doing similar things to you 
But the process I've heard in the agency world is super lengthy. Like they need to do credit checks and all this crazy stuff to even get uh, approved to become a part of uh, these services. So what is the process with high pay? So me as a recruitment agency, um, as hiring tech and digital talent, uh, we hire anywhere between 10 and 30 candidates a month, depending on our clientele. What can we do or how could you assist us in cash flow world um, to keep growing and keep having that cash in our bank, if that makes sense? Sure, that, that was a very long question. It was so, a very broad question. But you I'll get the, the, the various so parts of that. What, yeah. what I mean by that is where do you see yeah. recruitment agencies going? It's such a scary time it for us. It is a difficult time for recruiters, definitely. It's so difficult. So, yeah. So um, retail was going through a terrible time before Afterpay came along, and that was effectively a godsend for retail. It helped them get more sales. So Afterpay allowed retailers to get more conversions, more people that were potentially going to buy actually ended up buying about a 30 20 to 30 percent increase and the basket size increased so they started in female millennial fashion and mm. young women like yourself walked into zara and instead of buying 200 dollars dress they spent 300 dollars because they were only paying you know 75 dollars um because it was divided by four and it felt you know felt easier to spend 75 now than 200 now so the basket size um increased and and the conversion rate increase and that just up to everything for retail. They started doing more sales. High pay is the same for recruitment. We're a sales tool for recruiters. So we allow recruiters to get more sales from their existing customers um, and get more sales from new customers. So firstly, existing customers, what you find, and you've probably found this with some of your customers, but I'm not sure if you know always if it's happening, but employers use recruiters for their more senior roles and try to do it themselves for the more junior roles. Um, with high pay, what we're seeing is the customers of the recruiters are using them for more roles. They're using it for both the senior and the junior because it's it's now more affordable to use them for the junior from a cash flow perspective. And so they don't bother with trying to do it themselves because, you know, recruiting yourself is so many downsides. It's the opportunity cost of time. It's so time consuming. The risk of a bad high is double. You actually get low quality candidates and low quality placement uh, employee in the end. So the, the value of a recruiter is all there. Mm. Um, it's it's just make, and I think most of the market understands that it's just making it affordable from a cash flow point of view. So Highpay does that for the recruiter's existing customers. Um, so just making your customers aware of it um, helps you get more sales from those existing customers. Then what we've seen some recruiters do is reactivate dormant customers. So go and say, "Hey, we haven't, you know, we haven't placed anyone for you in a long time. You haven't given us any um, openings. Uh, do you know you can now use um, high pay? So it's much more cash flow affordable." And then those employers um, often do choose to use the recruiter and um, reactivate, uh, reactivate as 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 a customer for the recruiter. Mm. And then, and it's then the a big, selling point. Sorry, recru- it's a selling point. Yeah, for recruitment agencies. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then, especially for new for new customers for the recruiters, so they can go out and say to people that are not using recruiters at all, um, you know, we're more affordable to you uh, now rather than using job boards and LinkedIn and things like that. Use us. And that's most of the market. 85% of the market are not using recruiters. So there's a huge market out there to go after and convince them of the value of your services and that you're not more cash flow affordable now. Mm. And then just versus the competition. So if you're a tier one recruiter, you can say, well, don't use that because t- the tier one recruiters are reasonably similar in terms of the quality. So mm. if you're the one with high pay and then the other one doesn't have high pay, you know, that's a very good selling point. Rather use us, it's more cash flow affordable. I mean, or if you're a tier one, you say don't use a tier two, tier three, you can afford us now. Or if you're a tier two, you know, mm-hmm. use us rather than a tier three because it's more cash flow affordable. So for the recruiters, it's just this strong sales tool in many ways. So you can just get more business. And especially at this hard time, that's critical to surviving. Um 
what's happening now in, rec in recruitment is actually there's there's quite a lot of business in medical and IT, and then the other sectors have really died. So there's quite a diversion. Some recruiters are doing pretty well, and some are really really struggling. But I think it's hard to know what's going to happen with the economy. So it's hard to really predict, and I wouldn't want to put you know um, my name on any prediction what's going to happen with the economy. I mean, no one even knows who's going to win the U.S. election in a month, which I think is going to affect everything yeah. in, a, in a big way. But um, one way or another, the amount of people that are unemployed is not sustainable. So there's going to be a boom of employment. Recruiters are going to be involved in that. So over the next year, um, there will be a lot more employment going on. I think recruitment's at about 30 to 40% of normal levels. will definitely start coming back somewhat, hopefully more towards normal levels as soon as possible. And, um, however, what I think will not change for quite a while is people will be very cash flow defensive. So businesses are quite cash flow defensive anyway, SMEs, because they need to be, mm -hmm. but especially in COVID, the rates have gone through the roof, both individuals and companies are, their saving rates are very high. They're leaving as much cash in the bank as possible because of the uncertainty and high pay allows employers to do that, to just you know, less money goes out of your bank accounts now mm -hmm. because it's spread in four. So um, for recruiters to offer that ability to spread cash flows to their customers is going to make a big difference now when there's very little recruitment. But even when recruitment comes back, I think people will stay cash flow defensive and just use high pay anyway um, and, and keep money in their bank account as much as possible because... People are, are just um, making sure that they are prepared for, you know, uncertain times and lockdowns, you know, coming back, et cetera. Mm. Uh, and I think it's also just a new mindset. So the economy, there's been such unprecedented growth for like, you know, since the GFC um, and, and stopped. And now, now it feels like a different period, like it probably is a is a real recession for a while well, hopefully not but mm. um people are preparing in case it is making sure that they're not you know running their bank accounts right to zero yeah it's it's um cash flow definitely for us at the moment i think for everyone not just recruitment for, for every business for every small to medium business yeah at the moment um can you dumb it down for me as in high pay. So what I mean by that is if I was an agency and I wanted to come to you, I have a candidate my client wants to hire and the candidate yeah. is worth around $30,000 for us to bank as a recruitment agency. That's our yeah. commission we get off the candidate to place. How, where does that $30,000, when does it come to us as an agency through high pay and what is the client paying on top of the $30,000 to high pay directly? What's the total figure? Yeah. So an important thing we haven't even touched on is high pay is different to afterpay in that we charge, we, so afterpay charges the merchant, not the end client. Mm -hmm. We, we charge the recruiter nothing. So we're charging the other side. We're charging the end customer the fees. So for the recruiter, that's even better. You're paying nothing. We're giving you a sales to and you're paying nothing. So what is the reason to not use high pay? There's no reason not to offer it. It's very easy to. So as a recruitment agency, yeah. just to make it clear, we're yeah. not paying anything to high pay to use you. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's no downside to using HarPay. Um, so all you have to do with HarPay is um, you add it to your invoices. So on the invoices, say pay the normal way via you know electronic funds transfer or bank wire, and then there'll be a link pay via HarPay. You can just when the, your customer receives the invoice, they'll be able to click into that link, go into the HarPay system, and pay in full. And if they do do that, um, so you said the invoice was 30,000, mm -hmm. you as the recruiter receive the funds uh, within 24 hours. So instead of having to wait seven or 14 days, or as you know, most people do not pay on time <laughs> uh, anyway. So those 14 days are often 28. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wait that at all. Within mm -hmm. a day, the money's in your bank account. So that's going to help you, your cash flows as a recruiter. So you're getting the full amount. You don't have to worry at all about the fees. And then in terms of your customer, the fees are very minimal. So for the um, 30,000 uh, 
dollar invoice that um, divide that by four is seven thousand five hundred um, a month, right? Uh, seven thousand five hundred times four is um, thirty thousand, I think. Yeah. Um, so the fees on that, uh, we charge one and a half percent per month added okay. onto the installment. So the installment instead of seven thousand. Um, 500 would be 7,950 mm-hmm. times four. So instead of 30,000 going out of the bank accounts um, this month for your uh, customer, they only got 7,950. That's a giant difference. Like, yeah. uh, like you know, they've got 22,000 extra sitting in their bank account in case they're unexpected expenses. And when you're paying over four months, the other thing to remember is you've already got this new employee that's helping your business grow. Absolutely. And so the higher pay fees sort of pay for themselves because the new employee comes in, makes your business grow better, more efficient. You make more money and you use that to cover the higher pay fees, which are very small anyway. Like the $450 mm. um, a month on 30000 is, you know, quite quite negligible to most companies. Yeah. And when you say paying for uh, if a client was to come to a recruitment agency and want to extend that, is there another option or is it just four installments over four months? Uh, we mainly offer the pay in four. So we do have special custom cases where we do pay in six okay, um, and cool. make it extended. And we have even done pay in 12. But what we find is both for ourselves and Afterpay, people like to think of it as a payment product, not a credit product or a financing product when you have long payment plans then it starts to feel like financing uh like a like a credit card or a bank loan and then you when you get to sort of six months out or eight months out if you had a 12 month plan you're like why am i still paying for the recruitment fee you know after eight months my employees so paying over four um makes it feel like it's just an easier way to pay. I'm not actually financing this and, you know, having to pay this off forever. And, mm. and then I have that regret like eight months later, why, why am I still paying this? Paying for just is cutting it into these manageable chunks. So it's easier to pay within my monthly budget. Um, but it's not, it doesn't feel really like long-term financing because it's not, it's a, it's a payment product effectively. Mm. And with the recruitment agencies, um, they're starting to know high pay quite well now on on social and yeah, your brand. Ho- hopefully, and, our name is getting. Well, up they there are. Like, yeah, they're yeah. knowing about high pay. They know who you guys are. Um, I'm not going to mention the other company, but I've spoken to a lot of agencies, and they always mention you know those two when you're one of them. So um, they are starting to see the brand and and coming out more on LinkedIn and things like that. So how important do you think? brand uh, matters. I mean, brand's essentially the only thing, I think anyway, but uh, the main thing. Uh, How important is it for you to get high pays brand out there online in front of the the right targeted audience? I mean, and what are you doing to to do that? Yes, I agree. Um, brand is very important, in sp- especially in buy now, pay later. So I think in modern technology, the barriers to entry um, in, in all kind of modern technology, other than the very technical stuff where you can actually build a patent, the barriers to entry are always very low. Someone could build another Twitter, another Facebook quite easily, um, but they have the brand and the user base. So mm-hmm. it's developing that brand and the user base and that following that really makes the difference. Uh, Afterpay has not won on technology at all. Their idea is not complicated. It's, you know, pay in four installments every two weeks. It can, it can and has been replicated. Mm-hmm. But the difference between Afterpay and the copycats is the brand um, that they've established. And, right. and they're a very loved brand. Um, so it's very important for us to be a loved brand as well. So we really want the, both the employers and the recruiters to love us. Um, because we're a young company, um, we have to be a little bit careful uh, that we've actually been getting too much business, like we couldn't manage it. it. sounds like a high quality problem, but it's like a real problem. So we've actually had to uh, hold back on certain marketing because we don't actually have the capital service, like all the recruitment in Got Australia, it. if everyone actually wanted to. So the massive recruiters we're not actually working with yet because they have too much business. We can't actually assist them yet. So we're growing up, getting access to more capital, working with mid-sized recruiters now, small and mid-sized. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I think we're developing a good brand there and we're working with people like yourselves to get our name out there um, and, and slowly but surely getting our name out there. And I think the word of mouth has been very good. Fortunately, um, there isn't really much competition. So it's not so much about us having a better brand than the competition. The competition, there's only one other product and I don't even really consider them um, a proper Hanal Paleta or Banal Paleta player yeah. because they're- They're more finance-based. Yeah, they're they're kind of like a finance company and it's it would be like comparing Afterpay to old school lay-by. <laughs> Like it's just a different yeah. model, you know, like no one cares about lay by, no one uses it. <laughs> oh, I haven't but, heard um, that word in ages. Yeah. So, I mean, what's actually interesting um, that I found out quite recently, more people use Afterpay at Harvey Norman than Harvey Norman's lay by plan, the five-year interest-free uh, plan. That oh, wow. Harvey, yeah. So, um, and that is because Afterpay is easier to use and, and a love brand. Um, and I think that's sort of similar to what we're doing and trying to do in the recruitment industry our competition um is just a um it's it's not really a model that works so we basically on our own um in the market as a lead i'm sure competition will come but mm. we, we're the service for recruiters um and we're trying to be as cheap and effective and frictionless as possible so that just anyone can benefit i think and that's what um, is probably one of the biggest recipes of Afterpay success. Mm. Th that's why they they had they have no hidden fees. We have no hidden fees. They did the kind of things that make people love you mm. um, as a brand. You know, you can be the kind of company that's like we're the only player in the market. We can charge, you know, half fees and just make as much profit. But we we rather said we want everyone to use us. Will be cheap. Will be easy to use. Our customer service will be excellent. And we want to really drive brands. As mm -hmm. you said, like once you have a brand that everyone loves, um, that's the real winning formula. It's more long-term. If we charge high fees now, we'd make more profit now. But our vision is rather get everyone onto high pay, um, build a great brand, and that you know will win in, win in the long term. So Be the, the, global so the leader. answer is yeah. brand matters. <laughs> yes, I agree with you 100%. Brand, brand matters. matters so yeah, much. Yeah, for sure. Um, I forgot what I was going to ask you. I got like distracted in that answer. Uh, it was a really good answer. So with the uh, audience of high pay, uh, you, we're talking about recruitment agencies now. You guys also focus on labor hire. Yeah, and we do. other yeah. avenues. So yeah. do you want to just make that known? Because a lot of listeners are probably thinking high pay is just for recruitment agencies, which yeah. which is not the case. Sure. You do other things. Yeah. So actually our long-term vision is to um, service lots of industries. So we want to actually be paying for, for all kinds of business, pay your digital marketing invoice, pay your accountant's invoice in four. Mm -hmm. And we do a little bit of that, but in the same way, I don't want to compare ourselves to Afterpay too much, so this will be the last time I do it. But mm -hmm. um, Afterpay started in female millennial fashion and now they do everything. So we're starting in recruitment, but we do want to do other things. But so recruitment, white color recruitment is one of our core focuses. Um, and then, as you said, we are doing labor hire as well, um, mm -hmm. which is effectively the, the blue color market or the weekly wage worker market. So... What we do is, I'll give you an example. If the government wants to build a bridge, they would use a major construction firm, so like in Australia, like John Holland. And then John Holland um, needs to put those actual construction workers on site every week. And they, they don't do that themselves. They get a recruitment firm. But in blue-collar construction mm -hmm. space, uh, uh, the recruitment firms are called labor hire firms. Mm -hmm. So they go and get the 400 workers um, put them on site um, every week and have to pay their weekly wages. Mm -hmm. We give we give the labor hire firm those weekly wages because the, the labor hire firm doesn't get paid by the customer till the end of the month. They send an invoice and then the, the customer pays like 30 or 60 days later. So there's a long time, a lot of weeks where they have to pay the wage workers mm. where they uh, don't have the money in, uh, from their from their customer and they, they need the capital. So we advance that capital. Uh, we do it a little bit differently to other financing companies. So other financing companies come in and work with labor hire firms. They buy what's called the whole book, like mm. all the all the invoices and all the customers 
all the money owing from all the customers to the labor firm. We don't do that. We think that's a bit old fashioned. Um, and the problem, the other problem with that model is if you buy the whole book, uh, you have to price in a risk margin, which means you can't give 100% of the invoices. So they generally only give 80. We do it, our, our um, new fashion way of doing it is um, we do it invoice by invoice. So if you need um, the weekly wages for this one customer paid this week, we'll do that for you. Look at it as, as a, as a one-off thing on its own and we'll give you 100% minus our fees and no one else is doing that. And now the advantage of doing one at a time, so you can choose which ones you want to use Highpay for and which ones you don't. And it also allows us to get you up and running within one to two days and financing firms take weeks to get you up and running, at least three, sometimes over two months to get you up and running. That versus one to two days is a massive difference. So we, our model is... Um, proving to be much more attractive to labor hire firms, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting that almost 100% up front and getting going much more quickly and much more flexibly. So it's proven, you know, very attractive. We won, you know, huge, some huge contracts in, in the labor hire market, which is helping us helping yeah, us nice. grow and helping those projects, yeah. Because it, it's a huge capital for, for recruitment agencies to do that, especially contract yeah. work. We've got to pay yeah. the contractors pretty much every week or, or every fortnight, depending on their cycle. That's coming out of the recruitment agency yes. capital. Yes, yeah, so, so we, we we do that as well. So I, I, I do often forget to talk about the contracting market on the mm. on the uh, recruitment side uh, because our, our labor hire contracts are, are, are much larger, but we definitely do um, the contracting market for white collar recruiters. So mm. if there is um, a... A classical example, the way to think about it is, for example, the PA desk. So if a recruitment agency is sending out PAs on a, um, you know, they have to pay the weekly wages generally and the customer, mm-hmm. again, pays the end of the month plus 30 days usually. So it's the same thing. They, you as the recruitment agency need to pay the PAs weekly. You don't have the money, we give you the capital. Or any other kind of contractor, it's always that model where you need to pay before the customer yeah. pays you and we'll advance those funds. So we do work with quite a few it's white a color recruiters to do that. I think yeah. it, I think the cash flow uh, or the problem for a lot of recruitment agencies that are in tech and digital is it's like a thousand to two thousand dollars a day we're paying engineers well, or okay. developers because that's what that. they that's what yeah. they charge. Designers, UI, UX designers are charging anywhere from eight hundred to fifteen hundred a day, and that's coming out of okay. our pockets to pay the designers or the developers, and then the yeah. client pays us a month later or yeah. a fortnight later. Oh, that's a huge amount if you're paying each so day for a, for a, long, a, a big it's contract. It's contracting work. Yeah. So usually they run from three to six months and then sometimes the client can extend depending on the project. But it's yeah. more tech uh, rather than like PA yeah. reception uh, temp stuff. Oh, well, of course, yeah. High, mm. I mean, high-level tech people would obviously charge more than mm. uh, PAs as a one-off. But um, I just use the PA example because I think that's quite common where you have a lot of PA standard yeah. and that adds up to sort of big it's amounts. Common. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're saying the individual tech contractor is just on its own going to add up to quite a lot. And a so, lot. yeah, so we'll help with that as well. And I think, so it's not only the cash flows for the employer um, mm-hmm. that, that you need, people need to think about and worry about. The recruiters need to worry about their own cash flows. And so Harpay can help with that. And it's, it's not, it's, I think what people are realizing, especially in COVID, is um, things are uncertain. You need money in your bank account just in case. It's worth paying a few small percent um, to spread your payments to have that extra money in your bank account rather than running it to zero because you you just don't know what expenses you're going to have. And then it's just also you miss out on opportunities when you don't have cash in your bank account Absolutely. sometimes. Like, so you if, if you spread payments and another huge contract, or if you don't spread payments and another huge contract comes up, you, you couldn't afford to pay that RT professional if you've run your bank account right down. So you're missing out That's on, on contracts. Yeah. So yeah. you, if, if you leave, you need to leave capacity in your bank account. That's why you always, I think, need to spread and have that, those reserves and, and Harpay really allows cool. yeah, recruiters to do that. I like that. 
That's a good uh, a sales pitch to recruitment agencies to put out there. But essentially, high pay is like a partner um, off the bat of recruitment agencies. It's, it's a huge selling yeah. point. I mean, yeah. recruitment agencies should just be pitching you guys <laughs> because it, um, it's a huge pitch. It's like save yeah. money. You can pay yeah. over four installments. Have talent now <laughs> today. Yes, yeah, so, I mean we we see recruiters as our partners. We don't charge recruiters yeah, exactly. anything. So yeah. it, is a, it, it is a partnership. We have the same customer as mm-hmm. as the recruiter. So we're going to the recruiter effectively, and um, we're we're your partner. We help you um, get more get more sales. And if you get more sales, we both win out of that. So it is a proper like partnership. It. Yeah. And uh, to wrap it up um and obviously if you have anything um in the end you can talk about as well or anything coming up with high pay that would be really good uh but somebody asked me this question on a podcast and i would love to ask you this question so i'm going to put you on the spot (laughs) and you may or not or you may not or you may um have an answer straight away but i had to sit on it for a bit so the founder of facebook mark Zuckerberg. 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 He is taking off a day. He's just going away. He's got something to do. Just one? Yeah, one day, 24 hours. And he needs somebody to run the whole company for a day. So, he chooses you, David Price, to run the company. (laughs) And he tells you, you can post one thing on Facebook for the world to see. What would you post? And why? Well, th- this is a very difficult question <laughs> to answer. It could be on the anything. Spot. There's not. Okay. It's nothing to do. It's not a, a strategic business no, no, question. No, I under- understand. Any, anything yeah. at all. What would you post? And you only get one post for the whole world to see on Facebook. Okay, on Mark's I need, profile. I just, I just need a moment to think through this. It's not the. <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to dance on the spot without coming up with like a, a you know a chart um, it could be a personal a thing response. it could yeah. be a world so for my answer it was mental health because it's such a huge thing right now uh and my yeah. answer was to do a nike video or similar to nike branding of people across the world talking about mental health and why it's such an important topic yeah. um and people overcoming mental health to reach and impact people like it's it's going to be okay you know sure. it's temporary so i would post something like that Okay, that's a very good one. I think. Um, yes, I'm just trying to think through. Um, so you want to put out what I'd want to do is put out a, a message where it's information that people don't have. So not. I think like the one way you could use it is I have a huge platform. What message do I want to get out? So I mean that would be a more, you know, self interested way of putting it. At like what's important to me and let the world know about it. But I'm just trying to think about. Um, like a, a bit more selfless way of using the message. So, what information to to people not have that they um, r- really should have? And um, it's more so, so. What advice yeah. would you give? Like, if you were standing yeah. up on stage, you took Trump's spot for one day, yeah, and you had one message to say on stage, yeah, in front of the world. What would you say? Yeah, that people um, need to know. What do, what what do people um, need to know? So, okay, so uh, yeah, I, I have I have an answer now. Sorry, it took me a little bit of time to no, think through it's it. Totally so, fine. I put you on the spot. Um, no, no problem. <laughs> so, this would this is a little bit opposite to what I was saying early okay. in the podcast. In, in early in the podcast, I was saying. Um, People in the startup community take a lot of personal responsibility, almost too much. They grind too hard. But I think mm-hmm. the world in general now has been given um, a message of nothing is is your fault, lack of personal responsibility. It's the the patriarchy is uh, Western society is this massive problem. Everyone is oppressed. And I'm not saying that that's not true. There's obviously a lot of oppressed groups uh, that's un, you know unquestionable across uh, all Western economies and, and the whole world. But the the fact is that doesn't matter. No one's coming to save you. 
governments are not going to save you institutions are not going to save you as unfair as the world is the only solution is personal responsibility um so people need to realize that they've got to change their life for themselves so number one you can change your lives people need to believe in that so i think the quote i like the most about that is steve jobs he said like if you find out if you if if you poke the world um if if you poke the universe something like that i don't remember the exact words you'll find that it moves it pokes back like you can actually change things with your with your actions it's not like the world is just happening and you're living in it what what you do to it it will actually affect the world yeah. and um so people need to understand you can't change everything in the world but you can you can have an impact impact that matters that actually has um uh makes a difference for your own life especially and potentially mm-hmm. for others others around you number one um but it's you've got to take personal responsibility for making the changes in your lives and and the people around you it's it's on you you have to take it on your on your shoulders um so that message is really not spread enough uh there's only a few people out there um that talk about that message and then just marrying marrying that with um the message i just so we can end off on a nice like um round note marrying that with the message that i started with earlier in the in the podcast is so you need to take personal responsibility um but ev- even with that there needs to be a degree of um balance at at the certain point so yes personal responsibility so your life needs to be on you but at the same time you've got to realize not everything is within your control if you and then going back to the analogy if you no matter how hard you try if you're the jockey on the wrong horse you're not going to win the race um you've got to realize you're on the wrong horse and there's nothing you can do but if you're on quite a good horse um you've got to ride that horse as hard as you can i guess and and win the race there is Absolutely. personal responsibility as much as possible on you um but just with a bit of broader insight that um it's not a new or i mean i guess there's uh i don't want to just uh end with something that's been said before but this is just you know so well said so you know uh give me the the wisdom to uh understand the things uh that i can change uh no the things that i can't change the courage to change the things that i can and the wisdom to know the difference uh, i think that was some francis that. assisi that's from a few hundred years old yeah i'm um, saying so that that probably sums it up if you can do those three um mm. have have the wisdom to really understand um what you can't do so that's what i said at the beginning of the podcast not everything's on you but the things that you can change that's completely your responsibility mm. you have to go for it and then that last one is the hardest one the wisdom to know the difference uh, it's hard to give people that i think that you have to learn that from life so you asked you asked me how do yeah. you know how do you know which startup is not working and which is um it's hard to give a blanket answer for that but hopefully if you put the right people around you and you have the right experiences hopefully you get the wisdom to understand um which is which which, yeah. yeah but you can't control what, what is happening right now pretty much you know which is great what you, you mean said. you mean the covid not or, covid just yeah. in general like in yeah. life like if things are not going your way that's not your fault and that's yeah. okay and a lot of people are taking it personally so it's good that you did mention that yes a lot of people yeah, are tying in, it. tying into the into your mental health message so let go of the things you can't control you really have to do that will make mm-hmm. a big difference to your mental health to be able to to realize that so much is not within your control but um i think the message that's missing is it's your responsibility mm-hmm. to control the things you can some people just don't take responsibility for the things they actually can control they let those go to the wayside too and i think a lot of messaging in society at at this time is it's okay to do that and i think it's not like it's your responsibility you have to affect the things that you can that that's on you absolutely yeah i love that message yeah thank that you that was so well said yeah no it's lovely well speaking done. to you <laughs> a, um so is there anything that you want to end it off on anything at all we need to know about high pay or david okay. or you've pretty much um, covered most of it but yeah i um i don't like to do too much self promotion or promotion of the company <laughs> I, I um but um hape 
Uh, Wahape is launching um, our American um, and South African branches soon. So oh, I don't cool. know if this podcast will soon, be spread as in... um, within the next couple of months. Oh, yeah, it will so be, it'll be done before um, then. Yeah. Yeah, so I uh, I don't know if the podcast will go to all those countries, but if it's people on, it'll see be it. on Spotify and okay. Apple, so, so it definitely will. Yeah. Okay, great. So we're coming we're coming to a country near you soon, and awesome. <laughs> we'll, we'll come to the UK soon. So yeah, so Harpe is available if you don't know about it in Australia. Coming to other countries mm-hmm. um, soon, and we're trying to go global fast um, mm-hmm. and, and really um, build a. A, a world, worldwide brand and a worldwide you are. winning company. It's happening already. Yeah. And where can people find you uh, at HiPay? So yeah. what's we're, the- we're highpay.co um, uh-huh. or you just Google HiPay and you'll, you'll find us there. Um, cool. And they can reach out on LinkedIn if they have any questions for David Price. Um, I Yes, <laughs> I have a LinkedIn. It's probably not the best way to reach me. <laughs> Reach out to Belinda and she will pass on important <laughs> messages to me. It's probably Oh, better. my God. Shameless plug. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so highpay.co. Highpay.co. Cool. Yeah. No problem. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you, Belinda. It's it was been so lovely great to have you. To you. <laughs> Likewise. Thanks for choosing to Wake Up With Focus. If you haven't already, please subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. And for more tips and tricks on how to propel your digital presence to success, follow the Focus Group on our socials via Focus Recruitment and at Focus Media Original on Instagram. Connect with us on LinkedIn at Focus Group and at Focus Media or get in touch directly, belinda at focus.com.au.